not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Two thirds of the view from the ninny and here this week to talk about two defeats in two games Coventry and Bournemouth Ben Price is watching the Manic Street Preachers He would rather be there than with us Do you know why that would be Tom Phillips? Yes, I think it'll become apparently obvious as we go through the podcast why he's made the better decision. Yes, he has made the better decision. Uh, I mean, the Manchester Street Preachers are three lovely lads with a lovely new album and we've got to sit here and dissect two defeats in two games in two pretty piss-poor performances. So let's start from the start. Let's talk about Coventry. Um, you've written down here, worst performance since Coventry away last season. Yeah, it, just, it was just shades of it again, wasn't it? It was just an absolute shit show from start to finish to be honest like we just created well I say we created nothing we created one clear cut chance which I'm sure we'll mention in a minute but apart outside of that chance we just did nothing all game they were significantly better than this they just completely outplayed us all game and it's a team that we should at least be competing with if not beating if we have any chance of going up and it was oh it was it was drab very drab yeah it said a lot that their goal came from our long throw, didn't it? And it was a, it was the most simple moves. Again, the ball went out wide through the middle and we were cut open like, I don't know, a tin of spam. Um, and there was absolutely no way that we could defend against it. I thought when when their striker hit that ball, like I can never be sure how to pronounce his name. I think it's Giocares. Giocares or something. Yeah. Giocares. Yeah. I always get the, the pronunciation quite uh, quite off. I thought Baggett had like taken it off his toe. I thought it was a great tackle, but no, it was just he got the shot off just a little bit too early, didn't he? Well, it just looked like Bagan kind of didn't commit, to be honest with you, because yeah. he just kind of, he got, he'd done the hard bit, he caught him up, and I was kind of watching it thinking he's done enough here, and then he just didn't stick a foot in. I don't know whether he was scared of giving away, you know. Would he he was last man at that point. Last yeah, man, it wouldn't have yeah, been a penalty, it was just outside the box, but he was last man. But yeah, you've got you've got to put a foot in, you know, you've got to at least give him a nudge or something, but he kind of almost backed off, and you know, it was a great finish, and it's, you know, a player who's been in great form recently, but it was just avoidable. But, you know, they, they deserve the win. But, you know, it's just another frustrating goal that we could have avoided. And that seems like a really, really common theme. And like you said, it came from our attacking throw-in. Yeah. And it seems like there's two ways of beating us at the moment. Running straight to the byline and putting it across. Or just running directly through the, through the middle of us. Which yeah. is it's baffling. Like... Absolutely baffling. I, I just think it was, it was one of those performances where... You know, we, with all the hope in, in the world, we started with with Colwell, Harris and Moore up front. We thought, this is it. This is going to be the replication of Forrest on, you know, the second half against Forrest. But he said it was just completely abject. I think there was no cohesion. There was no obvious game plan. There was no, there were seemingly no tactics. I mean, what, how were we trying to score? Explain any of the chances that we created and how they came about. We created one chance that James Collins missed. Yeah, and... Uh... It's frustrating when you looked at the starting lineup. I think everyone was like, "Oh, that's the that's the lineup we want." Yeah. And then, perhaps you know, mixed just as naive as we are, where you know the game started and we had, like you said, there was no clear game plan. You can't like yanked Harris and Colwell off. But to be fair to them, I don't think it's their fault really because the, the ball no. was sailing over their head, and you know, and there's no direction to the the balls up the field. It wasn't going anywhere. You know, some people I think accuse more of looking like he wasn't interested. He, but you know, with more, if things aren't going his way, he looks frustrated. And to be honest, yeah. that's just been a common theme over the last few games for us. And 
But also, if you are just lumping balls up to him, it, like our, our, our seemingly only way of playing is lumping the ball to Kiefer Moore and hoping that he does something with it, whether that's take it down, flick it onto someone. And if it doesn't work, then you can't keep trying. It's like the definition of madness, isn't it? It's trying the same thing over and over and over again. And that's what we seem to be doing at the moment, because as a few people pointed out with our Twitter questions and that we'll, we'll discuss in more detail later, there is no plan B. No. And that plan A, it was, it was obvious pretty early on in the game when the, their defensive line were dealing with more. They had an arm on him. The referee, they'd worked out early on in the game that the referee wasn't given any soft free kicks. Yeah. And from that moment on, more was in their pocket, game to over. be honest. Yeah. You know, they were, they were just bullying him. They were, you know, doubling up on him. And, you know, when that's your only, your only plan is just to lump it to him, then they can plan for that. You know, they're not going to get caught out of position because it's the only position they need to be in. And yeah, it's a frustrating, very, very frustrating game to watch. Let's talk about that big chance. Uh, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Collins. Um, I mean, for all the world, it looked easier to score than miss, yet somehow he managed to spoon it high, wide and handsome. Um, I think he's not had the best start to his Cardiff City career. I think he tries hard, but he hasn't yet put the ball in the goal. Um, And that's kind of emblematic, really, isn't it, of his form at the moment? I'm just really, really hoping he doesn't go full Medine. Like, it just feels like that at the moment. To be fair to me, like yeah. in some of the games, he should have scored by now, but he puts himself in some good positions. You know, he's won, you know, he wins tackles, he, you know, he wins headers and stuff. He felt like a little bit like a Kiefer more light when he, you know, in the first couple of games where he was doing things like Moore was doing, but not quite as well. So you'd think he would have scored a couple by now, but that chance probably was a free kick. I think NG obviously had his hand in the back of the defender. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit soft, but it's probably a foul. But once that ball's been put into the box... He He's head, got to put it away. It's, it's, it, he heads it too well, like the cliche thing, but yeah. he does. He, he puts all his power behind it and it goes over the bar. And I I, I don't know how he's done it, but I, I thought I think, he'd scored. I started, almost started celebrating, but it was... Oh, it was he, oh, he's, obviously, he's obviously coming in for some criticism. But this is in a team where Kiefer Moore, who scored 20 goals last season, has only scored one so far this season. Yeah, one at Blackpool. Is, is that it? The one at Blackpool. That's the only goal. He hit the post against Forest. I know he hasn't played as much, but if, if Kiefer Moore isn't scoring in this team, then how do we expect James Collins to be scoring in this team? Well, by putting easy headers on target would be one one start. But no, no, you have got a valid point, though. Like, you know, if we're not creating the chances that we were... Well, even earlier in the season, there's an obvious omission from the team at the moment with Ryan Giles. I think we yeah. said a few weeks ago, just before the international break, that any outlet, creative outlet we've had in games has come through him. And it's become yeah. abundantly clear without him in the team, we haven't got that outlet from anywhere else, really. And, you know, the sooner he's back in our team, the better, because we are really, really missing out. But it is worrying that we're relying on one man and one very young man only as well an untested young man before this season. so One very ill man as well. He's got COVID for the second time. Yeah, that's... that's How have you done that, Ryan? How have you done that, Ryan? I mean, away from Coventry, we obviously played Bournemouth at home on Saturday. Um, Bournemouth are going great guns in the league. Um, I don't think anyone expected us to win this, but it felt like another opportunity missed because... They only managed to score one goal, but we couldn't even muster seemingly a chance on goal. I watched the, the highlights again today on um, the, the Cardiff City YouTube channel. There were seven highlights in the package, six of them for Bournemouth, one for us, and it was barely even a, a close chance. So um, what's your take on the Bournemouth game? I mean, we weren't expecting a win, right? But was the performance the same as Coventry, worse than Coventry? 
I don't think it's as bad. I think what, what doesn't help is how bad we've been going into that game. I think if that was a one-off game, you wouldn't be too fussed, right? They're top of the league. We've lost 1-0. Um, you know, we defended relatively well, to be honest, throughout the yeah. game. Um, we were pretty solid. And, you know, I think they're one of the you know, they're one of the favourites to go up for a reason. They're such a strong team. Um, but like, like yeah, like you said, it's frustrating that we didn't create anything. And it feels like all the games that are well, apart from Coventry, the real slog seemed to be our home. And yeah. it, you know, you know, we've got one of the best since Mix joined us, we've got one of the best away records out of anyone in the league. And it's our home form that's letting us down. And that's not been the case for us for, for years. And that is worrying, I think. The teams have kind of worked us out now. They're traveling down there and they, you know, they, we just can't break teams down. We really can't break teams down no. at home. I um, think a few people have said that you know, when, when you look at what happens with plan A, there is no plan B. We, we you know, if we if we can't bully teams, if we can't flat track bully teams. Play those long balls. You know, Forest second half, right? It's the baseline performance, right? We bullied Forest in that second half. We just relentless with our attacking, relentless with our long balls, long throws, whatever it is. And if that doesn't work, then what have we got? We can't get people down the wings anymore, especially when Giles isn't playing. We can't have got no creativity in the middle of the park. I mean, Colwell should be that creativity, but it's too too early to put that sort of level of pressure on him. Obviously, there's people like Tomlin, but you know, Mick McCarthy stripped all the creativity and pace from this team. Yeah, and I think. I don't. I don't think we can underestimate the the loss of roles at the moment as well. Because no, coming the time where Volks, Volks, Pack and Volks are so slow in comparison to roles. Rolls runs around a lot and is the engine, isn't he? Well, I think um, it was. I think it was Ash on the on the commentary for Cardiff TV against um, Coventry, where he said um, it's shades of Arta, and that's not a good yeah. thing. When when Arta was with us, there's a lot of energy. And very, very little product at the end of Quality. it. And you know, yeah. And yeah, Volks is really struggling at the moment and he needs a break from the team. And we haven't got anyone to come in for him. Because Pac's Pac, even against Coventry, was probably one of our better players. Even though we weren't getting a foothold of the game, anytime there was a good pass sprayed out or you know, it's a him. little bit of yeah, it's through him. And you know, yeah, Volks, I don't want to slate him because I, I do really like him, but he's really, really not good enough for the moment. And I think I think he I think it's you know, when things don't go well for us, the midfield gets bypassed completely, right? You know, the yeah. way the, the way the way when the performances are bad, it's defense to attack and then everything else kind of falls into doesn't really matter. And I think Volks always struggles when the game passes him by because then when he gets a foot on the ball, you can see he kind of panics, you can see he just tries to do something with it quite quickly, um, or he ends up getting frustrated and flies into challenges and I think that's what that's what we're getting with Volks at the moment we don't play to his strengths you know when he was at Rotherham he was relatively attacking he was making assists and goals but he, we don't seem to get that with him no we don't have any controlled aggression at the moment in some of these games I think you know you can't just have Volks flying into things it needs to be no. you know some of the early games um, of the season and the end of last season I, I think it was probably against Bournemouth last season where we we pressed as a unit yeah. there was a clear cohesive kind of like there was a move forward. We decided, you know, when we were, we'd press up on the keeper when he had the ball at his feet, when we wouldn't. And we really kind of pressure teams at the right times where we kind of haven't got that control. I think that's because we've got youngsters coming into the team who aren't quite used to the system and stuff yet. And you, I tell you what, you look at our bench against um, Bournemouth and, you know, it, it's so inexperienced when you look at it. it um, forget it up here now. You've got McGuinness, Baggin, Collins, Smithies, Colwell, Bowen, and NG. One of those is a yeah. keeper, and one you know one of them is Collins. Outside of that, it's just it's youngsters, and it's great to see them coming in 
But I think that then, that's where the patience has got to come from our fan base, right? You know, we've been crying out for youngsters to come in. We find It's finally happening. It's going to take a bit of time to, to have that transition. And But it, it depends is- if we, if, I don't know if we're going to give Mick the time, to be honest. No, I mean, that's probably one for the Twitter questions. It feels like the worm is turning against him a little bit. But I think I think people are just getting frustrated because it doesn't feel like there's anything better to come from this, right? I think we've already seen, you know, Mick McCarthy started well. I don't, I don't think anyone can argue that from last season to now, he's got good results. He turned us around in last season and, and, you know, kind of took us back up to the playoffs and obviously we ultimately fell away. But I think there's a, a, a realisation setting at the moment that this is the style of football. This is how we're going to play for the foreseeable future. If it doesn't work, there's no way of changing it. And I think that's where the frustration's coming from. I think if there was, you know, if there was viable alternatives to the way we played, if if after 60 minutes things aren't going well and you can see Mick making changes, but at the moment everything's like for like. You take more on and you bring a sli- you take more off, you bring a slightly worse player on than Collins. Um, if Giles isn't playing, you know there's no wing, there's no nothing out on the wings. It's it's just I think there's just a frustration at the moment that things aren't going to improve. Is that a bit unfair though, after what happened at Forest? Like in terms of he did change things there, and the two changes but, he made with Colin and Moore coming on changed the game. And you know, but that's what I mean. If, but if Moore does, if Moore, if Moore doesn't start, then if Moore comes off the bench, and obviously you're improving things. If Moore's replacing Collins, right? But if you want to change something, if, if it doesn't work with Moore, who do you bring off the on the bench as a striker? It's Collins. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and like, I think that's the difference, right? Those changes we actually took worse players off and brought better players on because Curious Collins went off is- four more. We should start Collins and bring more on. We should start Collins and bring more on at half time. Every yeah. game. Every game. Do we've solved it? Every game. Um, <laughs> and obviously Colwell, Colwell was Colwell was brilliant against Forrest, but he you know, I think as as Mick said against Coventry, the emotions had gotten to him and I think he was a bit exhausted, a bit tired, which is fair enough. But don't start him then. Yeah, but, but I think I don't blame him for trying it there. You know, if ever you're gonna try it, he's on such a high after yeah. that last game. Then you know you, you're not you're not sure how he's going to react emotionally to it, and you know he tried it and it didn't work, so I don't mind that at all. But um, yeah, it, and when you're saying like the, yeah, there isn't that clear plan B, and you know it feels like it's going to be that for the season. There'll be spells though where we'll put a, a run of wins together of playing that way, and we'll be fine yeah. again because we were we were Lord we were loving it that we scored seven out of seven headers early on in the season, you know and. And, and there'll be times when we love it again because, you know, we're, we're the first to criticise, you know, Swansea for complaining about, you know, they, they want this attractive football. Who do they think they are? And, you know, the shades of that coming from us at the moment, it might be a different level because it is so bad at the moment and we just want some kind of good football. We're not asking to play like Barcelona. But I think we've got to be very careful in starting to, you know, slate that style of play when it's been so effective for us. <laughs> It happened under it happened under Warnock, right? Obviously, when when we got promoted, it was ticky tacky, ticky tacky, fuck off Fulham, right? Because obviously we beat them with that. But that's because when this football is when this football works, it's incredibly effective. But yeah. when you get found out, then things go from bad to worse really quickly. That season where Warnock left by November, we didn't start well. Things got worse and worse and worse. And then as soon as we lost to Swansea, it was almost game over for. For, for Warnock. And it feels like we could be going that way a little bit under McCarthy. We're a month away from the first South Wales derby. If if things don't pick up, then that could be the start of something really toxic because we'll have fans in the ground again. If we lose that game for whatever reason, then, you know, things will start to turn against them even more than they already are. What I would say is we're two points off the playoffs at the moment. And, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. We're in a bit of a rut at the moment and it could easily, 
you know, with a win on the weekend or a couple of decent results, you know, we're right back in the mix. Of course, again. it could all change. It could yeah, all change. Yeah, and, and I think that's why I'm I'm trying not to get. You know, I'm the first to get carried away and things are going well. You know, I, like I said, I'm really excited by some of the youngsters and stuff coming through. Um, but then I'm very hard. I, I, it takes me a while to really criticize at the same time. But I, I just, I don't know. I think we've got to give them a, a lot more time before we start to start losing our heads at the way we're playing. I think it could be a frustrating season, but like I said earlier in the season, I think we're going to benefit from there being a lot of shit in this league. And you look around it, there's so many bad teams and the, and there's a lot of teams where our, our sort of level will be slogging it out that even if we carry on playing like this, we still might be there or thereabouts, weirdly. It's it's surprising to see when you, when you look at the, the, top, the top 12 at the moment, Derby are in 12th, Bristol are in ninth, which probably no one expected. Huddersfield are seventh, Blackburn in sixth, Coventry in fourth. That's four or five teams there that could easily drop out with a couple of games turnaround. QPR, they're in they're in eighth. You know, Warburton is is famously a brittle manager, but I don't know. I just I, I, we we look at the games coming up. It's, you've got to ask the question like, what what can Mick do to change things? Is it does it all hinge on Giles coming back at the moment? Is that literally our kind of golden goose? It does feel like that, doesn't it? That's the problem. And I think I won't jump too far ahead, like to the actual Blackburn preview bit of it yet. But you know, I think we're gonna have it could be frustrating games coming up as well with the style of play if some of the teams are playing. And yeah, it will be really interesting. It feels like Giles is that answer. You know, he does unlock defenses. He, you know, he's not afraid to put balls into the box. And mm. when he puts the ball into the box, there it's quality ball that's going in there. It's not just aimless lumping. You know, you looked at the stats earlier in the season. You know, he he created the most chances he was in the league for like 12, 12, yeah, twelve chances in four games or something. Yeah, was. you know, it's not a coincidence that Flint has got four goals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't get that if you're not putting quality balls in the box. I know one of them came from Pack as well, but you know, it, you know, we can have an outlet in Pack then when you know Giles is taking attention away from players as well. So it does feel a little bit like we're relying on one player at the moment, which is frustrating. But. Are there, any, are there any other changes you'd make? Obviously, we, we talked last week about bringing Sang in for NG and that, that happened on Saturday. But would you put, you know, we talk about the midfield being a problem with Volks not playing particularly well, their roles being out. Would you put Sang in his natural position in midfield? He's good on the ball. We know he can pick a pass. We know he's composed. Would he benefit from getting a game in midfield? I was thinking about this earlier. Like I read the agenda earlier and when he put it there, I was like, nah, that might be a bit brash. But the more I think about it, maybe. Like, you know, I think having a little bit of composure in there you know, he might make the odd mistake hanging on the ball a bit too long or something, but it's the opposite to Volks, right? Volks sometimes yeah. has got more time Volks than just he boots it away. Yeah, or it's like, a, you know, a snap pass that doesn't quite make it to the man yeah. or, you know, or, or misses the man. So maybe that would be the answer. But then I think that just shows that we need rolls back as well. I'm, I'm not sure what the timelines are on rolls. Do you know? Or No, I've not heard anything. I think it's, you know, Mick McCarthy in his press conferences, he doesn't actually give wraps, anything away. It? Yeah, he basically just says, oh, he's, he's got a groin, so he'll be out for a bit. Have <laughs> me all. Got a groin. But yeah, I think, I know we're crying out for Rawls to come back in. I don't, that, that would mean I don't think we need to bring Sang into there. But yeah, something needs to change. But you do look at that squad. And I think I, I was probably wrong earlier in the season when I said that I thought it was deep enough. Because um, you're looking at it now. It's looking pretty brittle now, isn't it? It is looking pretty brittle, I must admit. And you're looking at you're looking who you're bringing in and... I don't know. I really don't know who's going to be brought in to change things. You can't be relying on Bowen, Colwell, Bagan, McGuinness, NG, can you, to to inject too much life into that team? It's a lot of a lot of pressure and a lot of young shoulders there. 
Well, I think I had a conversation with um, a few Cardiff fans at the weekend about, you know, people were, I think, I think Baggin has suffered this season from being probably thrown in at the deep end a little bit. And I think he's had his good moments, but we talked about the Coventry moment about him not committing to that. And I don't want to criticise him too much. He's still 19 and, you know, there's a, there's a long way to go with him. And I think he, he's got a lot to give for the club. But you take him out and you have to bring in someone like Kieran Brown, right? And Kieran Brown's not a fullback. He's a, or not a wingback, sorry. He's a, he's a centre-half or a, a, a more of a, deeper left back and I think that shows where our problems are at the moment it's for, for all the for all the 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 talk about having a good squad and, and and the players we've got and relying on youth there's there's still square pegs in round holes isn't there well it feels like at the moment there's you've got your your constants in the team right you you've got the three centre backs who are probably the safest people on that squad at the moment yeah they, soon, I mean they can't do anything they can't put a foot wrong can they but that's the problem then right as soon as you put three centre backs in you're limiting yourself tactically and we yeah. haven't got the wing backs to accommodate that. And, and instantly we're looking a little bit unbalanced. So then you, you might, you've probably got to take a risk and drop one of the centre backs. And then you might become a little bit more susceptible to, you know, you open yourself up against teams. So it, it's a really tough one at the moment. I, I, I really don't know what to do, but it feels like you, we might have to drop someone out of that defensive line. Who would you drop? Flint. Weirdly, like I know he scored four. Well, he can't. But... He, him and Morrison can't play together. And no, Morrison's no, our captain, two. So he's our weakest yeah. defensively, isn't he? Um, I know. I think, like I said, I, like Curtis Nelson is probably our unsung hero in a way. He does very, very little wrong, and he puts a mm. lot of last-ditch blocks in and things like that. He does a lot of thankless kind of work. He very really is a stinker. You know, you have the games from Morrison and Flint where they really stand out. They cause havoc in the box. You know, they score goals. Nelson doesn't really do that. But he, you know, he's he's Mister Dependable for us, and there's a reason yeah. why you know he's made the most appearances out of anyone over the last season and a half. So, I, th- I think it's probably got to be Flint. Um, but it's tough to do that when you know we're scoring scoring goals when when we right. do create chances. But if Giles was the last time in, he scored, well, when Giles was in this team, so you know if Giles comes back, you can't maybe you, you stick with the three at the back then. But if he's not back, perhaps you you go to the two. As soon as Flint hasn't scored in a month. Well, no, it was all in one go, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in two. It was in yeah, it was in um, those first kind of four games of the season. Yeah, exactly. So we're we'll dropping yeah. Aiden Flint then. Yeah. So what so are you doing far, in the midfield? What are you doing in the midfield? Well, I don't you bring do in Sang. This. this is not my job. It's Mick's job. Come on, no, but I can't talk to Mick now. I got to talk to you about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we've got a surprise for everyone. We actually got Mick here. <laughs> yeah, Mick's um, going to be out now. He's going to tell us all to fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't know. Like I am. As Lee Tomlin, Mick. I don't know where he is. <laughs> yeah, where we, he is. well, he's had an operation now. That's another. He's I, just I, I, how long is he going to be out? How long is he going to be out? Does God anyone knows. care anymore? No, but, but not even just about Tomlin. Though. It feels there's a general kind of there's uh, apathy, isn't there? there apathy there is, is creeping apathy in. Apathy around the whole. Well, half of our fan base are angry and half half are apathetic. I don't think yeah. anyone is excited, and I think that you know that sums it up. Really. Well. You know, we could have gone to Coventry on Wednesday, right? We were talking about going to Coventry on Wednesday and I'm really glad I didn't for that reason. That one, I could watch it on the red button, class. But also two, that would have been a fucking miserable journey home. Well, yeah, because I the only reason I didn't go is because I had ended up getting stuck in work. So I couldn't go. And then I got home, paid £10 for the Cardiff stream, uh, realised 10 minutes into the game that I could have had it on red button. So exactly. then I, I paid £10 for that shit as well, just to really rub it in when I could have had it for free. But yeah, that was, so that was a shit show all around. And then, yeah, that, that's kind of 
I was really excited after the Nottingham Forest game. Again, I like I'm because I'm so fickle in that regard. I, of course, you are. I get, over, of course I get you overexcited. Are. Yeah. I very get I very really get angry, but I get so excited. And then they just zap it straight on me again. Well, look, if we well, so we've got Blackburn on Saturday. If we beat Blackburn on Saturday, how excited will we be for West Brom and Reading and then the Swansea game on the 17th of October? Oh, well, buzzing, I it depends be, what happens. Yeah. I'll be booking a table near Wembley for the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll, be, I'll be over the moon and again. And that's the way that's the thing, right? Everyone overreacts when it comes to football, but everyone's reactions are justified, in my opinion. Except yeah. for a few people. <laughs> I won't yeah. name any names. Oh, go on. No, 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 it's no, no, not time to air. It's not. It's not an airing of grievances, pod. <laughs> um, but I think, like, I think the fans are just craving what happened at the end of last season. Right? Oh, the middle of last season when he came in, right? They're just craving that new manager bounce and taking us to the next level. But like, it just feels like things are starting to turn against Mick a little bit. Um, I don't think he has the best rapport with the fans. We've seen it in some of the tweets we get where he, he doesn't do the Ayatollah. Um, he doesn't seem to applaud the fans at the end of the game. And obviously we were spoiled for for a couple of years with Warnock who came and do his little fist bumps and Neil Harris who just wanted to be liked. So um, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was quite eager to please. But Mick McCarthy doesn't seem to give a shit about his that, rapport with the fans. And I think the problem with that is as well is that people always compare Warnock and Mick McCarthy as if they're, you know... It's similar. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same as each other, but they're not. They're just older, and people just assume they're the same. And, you know, Mick's his own man. He's always been like this. He's never been one to play up to fans and things like that. And, yeah, our fans aren't reacting to it at the moment. Because you just... I was thinking about this the other day. You just don't see as much of Mick McCarthy. You don't get those clips coming up on social media, you know. You, you, Mick McCarthy's not going to walk out in a pre-season friendly with a bum bag with signed pictures of himself, is he? Like, yeah, say, be lucky. Yeah, exactly. So... Hey, he'll he'll tell think, you to fuck off if you ask him for one. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think we were a lot more forgiving to Warnock at times just because of his character. Um, and then we weren't forgiving with Harris at all because of his character. D- despite his character. Like, yeah, because he yeah. just wanted to be liked <laughs> so much. Because he wanted to be liked and be like, no, nah, you're not having it, mate. And then, yeah, 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 Mick is just, I think people were hoping for those, you know, sound bites and stuff from press conferences, the funny moments you see. With the memes and stuff. The funny moments he's done everywhere else. Yeah, and we haven't had any of it at the moment. So, yeah, I think that combined with the football on the pitch, yeah, you can you can understand the the grievances of the fans at the moment. How long? How long does he get? Obviously, you know they they always talk about the kind of ten game mark. I think he's going to be safe for for another. How many games we've got until the ten game mark? We've got two or three. I think it is. We played eight, so we've got two games till the ten game mark. He'll be safe until the ten game mark. You know, if, if things continue, we've got four games between now and Swansea. If if we don't win any of them, does then it become a crisis? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's such a strange season. As long as we're not in like the bottom six, seven teams in the league come Christmas time, I just, I, I can't see him leaving before the end of the season. I think so many clubs are in a bit of a weird situation where they haven't recruited as well as they would have in previous years. You know, they're not picking up results like their fans mm-hmm. expect. That I think, you know, you're going to have a little bit of leniency. Um, it doesn't seem that way on social media at the moment. Like, you know, I don't think he's going to get leniency from a section of our fans, but from the board um, and the owners, I, I you know, I, I don't think they'll be getting rid of him any sooner. You know, they, they rushed into giving him that contract and that was their mistake, right? Yeah. We, you know, we, we panicked. We, went we got played by an agent. Yeah, Nick McCarthy wasn't going to Celtic, was he? No, I, I bought it. Put <laughs> line and sinker, boy. Hundred percent. And you know, you, we've given him that two-year contract. So we're not going to be rushing to pay him off. 
like to get someone else in. So I I don't think there's gonna I don't think it'll be a crisis for those next few games, and I don't see him being in danger anytime soon. Well, I think you're wrong. Yeah, fair. But it is a podcast of opinions because otherwise there's just two of us chatting in it. We can't yeah. agree on everything. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll go to the Twitter questions uh, before we talk about Blackburn. Um, we had quite a lot of Twitter questions. I think there was 21 replies or something um, in total. Um, so we'll start from the top. CFC related. Uh, why is there no similarity between our academy and current team style of play? Unfair on youngsters who play progressive football then are thrown into our hoofball tactics. Will this lead to wasted potential and unfair criticism on the lads? Could be a worry going forward. Interesting timing of this. Of course, our head of academy, I think, left today. Um, moved on probably for playing too nice a football. Um, <laughs> who can say what the reasons are? But that is a stark difference, isn't it? You watch some of the under-23 games, you watch some of the under-18 games, and they play free-flowing football, knocking it wide, getting into the box, playing intricate passing moves and, and scoring goals off the back of it. And then they come up to our system. And, you know, you, I think everyone, I think Colwell's a, a prime example, right? Everyone's expecting the world from Colwell. But there is a real danger that he might not adapt to the way we play football because he's used to having the ball more. Oh, yeah. We, we said it before as well. We could destroy him. Like, yeah. it, it, it wouldn't be a surprise. But... I think it is a bit of a difference because when, like, when Harris was here and with Morrison in the academy, Steve Morrison in the academy, there did seem to be an almost parallel between how the first team were playing and how the youth team were playing or the under twenty threes playing. Sorry, and now it is it's completely different. And I I didn't even think of that until I read that tweet. To be fair, and it's a very very good point because you watch yeah. some of the highlights and there's some real good football and there's been some real good results as well. And yeah, it will be a shock to those youngsters coming up into the team. And we are bringing youngsters up now and playing a completely different type of football. It's a very, very valid point. If you're playing and, midfielders who are used to being on the ball and used to dominating possession and, and making things happen, when you're playing a game where you're expected to have the ball for less of the game, how do you, you know, as a player, that's going to take a lot to to deal with. And then if that gets beaten out of you, if that kind of way of playing, you know, that if that possession-based football becomes non-possession-based football and all of a sudden you... You're panicking when you get the ball because you're being closed down, all that kind of stuff. You're going to make these these good players worse, and in, in the worst cases, you're going to knock their confidence to the point where they don't want to do it. Well, that's why I felt sorry for Colwell against Coventry because the last thing he did before half time was he hung around on the ball a little bit too long, and Mick absolutely berated him. And yeah, like, I, and I get that, I get what he was saying, like don't hang around on to it too long. But that's like the said, way you're probably, used to playing. Probably, yeah, that's the way he's used to playing, and. You know, the more that that happens, the more, you know, like you said, they're going to lose confidence. So, no, it'll be interesting going forward um, to see how, how players are adapting. You know, you know, it seems a bit fickle because we were, we were loading Colwell um, against Forrest. But, you know, he did have time and space to run into when he scored that goal from distance, for example. You know, that shows what he can do when he's got a bit of space. Against Coventry, he didn't get that. One, because like you said, he didn't have the ball at his feet. And two, when, when the odd occasion when he did, there was someone on him straight away. So yeah. it will take him a bit of time to acclimatise. Of course so, Yeah. Yes. Uh, second question from Ellis Hearn. If we don't change our system to give more chances to more, do you think he leaves in January? Because against Coventry and Bournemouth, he's cutting a frustrated figure, doesn't look happy at all. Um, we talked about, you said he looked frustrated. I mean, Kiefer Moore spent most of last season looked like he was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. I think that's just the way he is. But it's an interesting point, right? Transfer didn't come off this window all of a sudden, if things aren't going so well, he's not scoring the goals like he were last season. Why wouldn't he ask his agent to sign a sound out a move to somewhere else? Well, if we're 13th, 14th in the league, he's gone. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if he's frustrated or not because... He's we're 29. Gonna 
wait, yeah, he's 29. He's got probably like one, maybe two big moves left in him if he's lucky with the second one. You know, we're going to look to cash in if we if we're not going up, not going down, which is you know yeah. a likelihood, but come like my calculated likelihood. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna try and cash in. So yeah, it's, it's we we need to be in and around those playoffs come January. Otherwise, yeah, frustrated more will will go. Where do you think you'll go, Wolves? Yeah, I, best, I could best, see. I could see screwing this season. Yeah, there's more than likely they'll be looking for another outlet. Um, but I think there's a few teams in the Premier League he could improve. You know, he's got a good all-round game, and you know, you see how good Moore is when Collins plays. Weirdly, you know, like the, you you notice the things that Moore does well when he's not there. Then because I, I tell he's you, so who good benefit from him? Yeah, someone like Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, because they've, they've with got that. Joe Linton was playing. I saw, I watched some of the game. I think it was on Friday. Uh, they played and Joe Linton was fucking useless uh, yeah. to be to put it short and he's a big man striker obviously Wilson they've got Callum Wilson but he's in and out of the team with injury they've got players who play around him like Almiron Alan Sam Maximan like they'll put crosses into the box and more to get on the end of it feels like a match made I don't know why I'm fucking shilling him for Newcastle if you're listening Steve Bruce get him <laughs> in get Big Kiefer in no you're right though I think it will be a worry I think we, we have got to be in with a shout of being in the playoff place because like, Otherwise look, he's look, we're all we're all surprised that he's here. To be honest, I think it was more hope, wasn't it, that he'd be here come the end. Of it the feels season. like a bonus season, doesn't it? After last season, after 20, yeah. 20, 20, you know, twenty um twenty goals last season, then a decent showing at the Euros. Obviously, he was one of the most brought in players on Football Manager, and it's kind of like the trend was going that everyone wanted him, and then we managed to keep him somehow. Well, um, most teams I'm, don't have a pot to piss in. It's pretty much it's the true. only reason it's why, true. isn't it? Uh, I'm going to skip one question, save it for last, because it's uh, basically an existential crisis. Uh, James Brook, what would your thoughts be on bringing in Robbie Brady on a free? Since the transfer window's closed, I keep seeing his name pop up being a free agent, and he's done some interesting things at Burnley, both Championship and Premier League level, need more depth in wide places. McCarthy knows him because he is Irish. Uh, (laughs) I'm surprised it it hasn't happened yet, because (laughs) it's basically just how it works. I mean, he's saying, what, Mark McGuinness this year, he loves Joel Baggin, both Irish. Um... It does feel strange that we haven't signed him. Would you be interested you in taking him on? James Collins as well, Irish international. Irish, forget, James. Yeah. yeah. Big Jimmy. Right, um, Miles? It, 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 no, he's from Telford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bold call, that. Um, yeah. But no, it does, it does seem like the ideal sign-in, doesn't it? And yeah, I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> like, we need, we need to... Well, I, I feel like such a hypocrite. I was saying three, four weeks ago, we don't need to strengthen our squad. And now it seems like we need to strengthen our squad. And he's, yeah, he's on a free. Like a... I don't suppose he's going to be on massive wages because he was at Burnley. Um, obviously, they're not they're not big spenders. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up here. Uh, I wonder how much he was paid. What's his name? Robbie Brady. <laughs> he was. Oh, apparently at Burnley he was earning thirty three grand a week. Yeah, we're not going to pay that, are we? But who will who will pay that? So I mean, yeah, I. I wouldn't be good for him. He went from Norwich on eighteen grand a week to Burnley on thirty three, almost doubled his salary. Oof! Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Point seven a year. Well, let's hope so because we need something to change. Um, Nathan L. CCFC is five at the back pointless when neither wing back risks really going forward a lot of the time. Feels like we can play that system for defensive reasons, so Moz and Flint can play together and set pieces rather than any real attacking football. It's an interesting point. I feel like one. I think one of the things that that has been missing for me from last season to now 
is Perry NG. I think there were there were times last year where NG led the press, didn't he? He came up from the right wing back slot. He was getting up past the halfway line and putting pressure on their wingers and their wing back. And that's where a lot of our attacks are coming from. He doesn't seem to do that this year. And I think that's having an impact on the overall way we play. I thought he was one of our most lively players, let's put it that way, against Coventry. Oh, he I was, think, no doubt about I, it. I, it's just, I think, it, he, I think he, plays, he's playing in a slightly different way. He was less effective, I'd say, in that game. But I think there's, there's, you know, shades of him coming back to that form. I think, you know, he's... I think, yeah, like, apart from probably Pack, him and Pack looked like our better players in that game. And I think he will become one of our threats again. And like I said, like, like, like you said earlier on, the chance for Collins came from Perry NG. So, you know, he, he is creating, he's trying to get things going. And like, I, I think it will come good for him as well. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what we are lacking is kind of that kind of attacking intent from that position. Would you play Giles there when he's fit? It, yeah, it's been touted around a lot, but it's kind of almost, you know, he's been playing so well not playing there earlier in well, the season. Well, I have to say, it feels like if you put him there, if you put him at right back or left back, you're going to withdraw him a little bit for, further backwards. And it, like they were, t- you know, some of the goals he set up were when he got right to the byline and put the crosses in or when he was breaking out of defence ahead of the attackers. So it feels like putting him at wing back is going to take away that element of his game. It's our weighing scales, isn't it? Kind of like, which one do we need to improve yeah. being at the back more? But are we going to lose too much going forward? And it may take a couple of games of playing him in both to see which one, where that kind of weighing scales falls. Daniel Burns, my main concern is a total absence of any sort of plan B. We get the ball, we pump it to the forwards, it's down the channel, rinse and repeat. I've never been so bored watching City in my life and that's saying something. <laughs> Kiefer looks so frustrated. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I almost like a badge of honour when I'm speaking to football fans of other uh, other teams. I'm like, yeah, no, I we've, don't mind this We've really been through some shit. But I'm just kind of like, I, I enjoy us playing this, you know, agricultural football. You know, there's more than one way of ga- playing a game of football. It's not just tiki-taka, it's that way. But I, I, I don't know. I, I agree, I agree. But like... <laughs> The times where the times when it works really well, you know, I, I I talked about it a lot last season, the season before. We're very good at being direct, and what I mean by direct is that our, we get the ball forward very quickly, and we get it into that final third, and that's where the action happens. We don't fuck, you know, like Swansea will be happy about knocking it around their back, being patient and getting it forward, while we're happy with us getting as far forward as we can and as quickly as we can, and then getting something into the box and making chances. But that doesn't seem to be happening this year because I think we've removed so much of the pace from this team. We've got rid of people like Murphy, Hoylet. We've got rid of people like, I know Harris left a couple of seasons ago, but like we've got rid of a lot of the pace on the wings, which is where we were benefiting from. Yeah, kind of. I think like people like Murphy weren't playing. You know, we, they, they, it was pace in our squad, but a lot of them weren't on the pitch. And I think it was, hap- it was happening in the early games of the season. It was working fine. Like we're saying Ryan Giles is out. I think just the last couple of games, those balls we've been putting forward haven't just been they haven't been working as well. I think we've been a little bit off colour. And we may find that it'll start working again. Um I, I don't think it's panic stations, and I don't think some of the players that you mentioned there were the answer. If we kept them, I still don't think we'd be playing effective. No, I don't, I, not, nec- not necessarily. I don't I don't I don't I don't necessarily agree. I think they'd be making that much of a difference. But I think that's when under Warnock, it worked really well, right? That, you know, in yeah. the Premier League year, we had, we relied on Hoyle in a lot of games. We relied on Kadeem Harris. Um, you know, Kadeem Harris came on against Fulham and was, uh, and it was the game, the game against Brighton, I think, where Kadeem Harris won man of the match. It was ridiculous. And it all became because he was just quick and ran at people. And it just feels like we, we've removed that from our game at the moment, especially with Giles being out. Yeah, but I think those names then, they, if they were here now, they wouldn't be at their best, right? 
I think we it's just I don't think them, was the best in this team. No, but like if they were still around, <laughs> I don't think they'd be solving anything. But then like we didn't replace those people is yeah, the issue. That's, that's what I'm more more yeah. more boils down to is the fact we haven't replaced them. We haven't changed like for like. Uh Paul Bond, I know the football's not good viewing, but what's happened to the atmosphere in the stadium? I think there are only three songs sung on Saturday. Barmy Army, in the Swansea Slums, football's going to Rome. Um, we used to be non-stop from start to finish, but now we're being outsung by away fans. I thought the atmosphere at the away games at Blackpool was good. Um, yeah, but the, the home, fans are just a bit apathetic. Well, our home is where we've been playing our worst football. And I think it's no coincidence yeah. that people are turning up to the game now, not excited for it. Almost a, oh, here we go. Here's another two-hour slog. So, you know, it's hard to get yourself up for singing songs and jumping up and down when you've got when it's 30, shit. 30% possession and one shot on target. So... Yeah, 160 it's passes at the weekend. Yeah, it's one every that's one every that's two passes every minute basically. No, we, we found out in the last pod that mass wasn't our strong point. Let's not try and do no, it. No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean Collins, I find it hard to understand the way we play. We have more up front, one of the best goal scorers in the in the league, but we are reluctant to put it in a box, especially against Coventry. We are willing up willing to pump the ball up to him, which barely works. It's so frustrating. I don't being mind labelled. I don't mind being labelled a direct team, and I'm all for crossing and not playing boring football. Like everyone, we want to be excited. Shouldn't we put, be putting the ball in the mixer at every opportunity and causing panic, making chances for our goal scorer? And that's what happened at Forest in the second half, didn't it? Every opportunity, we just lumped it into the box and it worked. Yeah, I think it, it, our balls up have got to be a little bit more sensible and direct, like not putting, being put into sensible areas, into you know, yeah. into more at a sensible height and things like that. And I think that's what was letting us down in the last couple of games. But I don't know. I I do think that it's just, uh, it's a minor blip. It's absolutely fine. We've been off colour for a couple of games. and we're gonna Mark come, these words down for five these, games time. Yeah, this is going to be me making an absolute arse of myself when I come back on the pod on Sunday. When all of a sudden we've got like people with bedsheets saying McCarthy out on it. <laughs> yeah, when we've been battered 5-0 by Blackburn. <laughs> Stood there stoically going, McCarthy out. Uh, JPEG by Joe. Uh, the decisions to release the likes of Bennett, Bamber and Hoylett felt right at the time. However, do you think we are paying the price for losing players with a wealth of experience or you still believe it was time for them to move on? And this links into another question he asked, which is, do you think that Baggin has far too much pressure on his shoulders for a young lad? Surely buying another more experienced LB to help mentor him would have been a wise decision. I think when you look at Joe's question... Bamba was handled really badly, but I do think it was probably right to move him on because he wanted to play more football and we weren't going to give him that. Hoylet, the relationship had come to an end. He barely played last season under McCarthy. McCarthy clearly didn't fancy him. I know with Bennett, there was a contract offer. It didn't work out. He then got injured, which meant that we weren't going to give him a contract. But it feels like Bennett's the one we're missing the most, right? Linking into that second question about Baggin, because as much as Baggin could be good, there's really no one to mentor him at the moment. Yeah, I think that question's in two parts in a way, isn't it? Like, and I think we just touched upon it in terms of, I think it was the right time for all of those players to go, but then you've got to replace them. And if we're not replacing them, then we've got to give the youngsters who are coming in a bit of time. And, you know, Baggin, yeah. you know, there was only a few weeks ago where people were saying, you know, he's the best prospect we've had in ages. And, you know, he had some fantastic games and he is a threat and he's going to make mistakes. So I think we could have done with a couple more experienced heads coming in, but... You know, I think the youngsters we've got are good enough. It's just we're going to have runs like we're currently having where yeah. we haven't really got those experienced heads to make an impact in games. And a couple of games are really going to pass us by. But um, yeah, Bagan is kind of, it's good for him because, you know, he's going to learn from these mistakes. And I think Mick came out and said this week about Colwell's going to learn from these experiences as well. 
they'll definitely benefit from it. It's just, yeah, I think we, we, we are lacking those experienced heads in a couple of games. Ben Moore, so the two recent games, bad performances or just boring? Obviously, neither are fun to watch, but I cannot decide what emotion I should be feeling. So we'd like us lads to tell him. For me, I think they're bad. I think, yeah. Boring think, and bad. Yeah, Coventry was boring and bad. I think Bournemouth was boring. I think there was positives from Bournemouth. It just followed a shower of shit a few days before. So it just made it look worse. You know, they, like I said earlier on, they're top of the league. They, they've hardly conceded this season as well. Um, you know, one nil loss isn't completely, you know. So two games, a hundred percent boring, fifty percent bad. When this work of this massacre, yes, yeah, because one of one of yeah. two was bad, yeah, and no, no, two percent, both were boring, and no percent good, no percent good, no percent fun. <laughs> <laughs> Jareth Webb we're about to go through a massive turnover of players in the next 12 months with a large number of the squad out of contract I'm not expecting us to transfer promotion with the number of youth players coming through but the standard of football is shocking and needs to change uh, Daniel Morgan way too many fans are moaning and want us to win every week while pushing youngsters through personally I would take an 8-12 to 12 finish if we were constantly building up the youngsters throughout the season building for a stronger future I'm in are you then he put a cry laughing emoji so I'm not sure if he's being sarcastic um but it's almost like it's like Schrodinger's youth players, isn't it? Like simultaneously, Colwell, Colwell is ramped up and hyped as the best youth player we've had in so many years. Yet we're still sat here going, but we shouldn't be expecting the world from him at the moment. And it's true, but like, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a need for a trade off because the squad we had should have been good enough. A lot of the squad were good enough for a promotion push two years ago, a playoff push two years ago, um, and we we kind of got this smattering of youth players to make it look a bit nicer but I think it's just the style I think people are just getting fed up with the style of football more than anything yeah but like I said we were loving it a few weeks ago when it was effective we just want effective football at the end of the day I think that's it it's effective we just want to win games like you know when if you're playing good football and losing it it, it kind of it gives you a little bit you see the means to the end yeah where here because we're playing that direct style of football and losing you, you lose your head a bit quicker right but like we said, if we, if we win on the weekend, it'll be forgotten again. But yeah, it is a balance. This season, this season is just going to be an absolute roller coaster of two or three games where things look good, two or three games where things look shit, two or three games where things look average. And by the end of the season, we'll all be exhausted because we spent most of the season running between sheer anger and sheer elation. Yeah, it's going to be that sort of cycle. And we could finish anywhere between 5th and 16th. And none of it would be a surprise if you finish any that we're there. Because like we said earlier, teams are much of a muchness in this league. And on the weekend show day, like we lost the game and we, we hardly moved anywhere in the table. We're just as far off the playoffs as we were. Because, you know, teams that we're tipping to win games, Fulham lost, QPR lost, you know. So these these last few games are the end of the world because we haven't lost touch of them yet. We're not floating by the relegation zone like other clubs we know. So, you know, it's not the, you know let's not hit the panic button yet. I'm not, not, I'm not sure I would take 8th to 12th with youth. Like you said, like it doesn't need to be a trade-off. We can, we can blood these youngsters in and we'd still have a chance of playoffs. Tom Lewis, what do you make of mixed subs? This is a, a variation on the theme. They completely baffle me. Taking off our only pacey forward, Harris, along with Sang, who I thought played well, then with like 10 to 15 minutes left at 1-0 down, he brings on a left-back. Still completely unsold on Collins and still don't get the Bakuna hate. I think Mick McCarthy's subs are purely dictated by the fact he can't really change the game with any of the subs he's got. Like we say, we look at the bench on the weekend um, and, you know, the players you're going to bring on or off. Who, who did he... Let's have a look at the players on the bench. He brought 
Harris and Brown off for... Well, so Joel Bag and James Collins and Rubel Colwell came on for Sang, Brown and Harris. Then the players, like you said, you got left on the bench are Alex Smithies, Mark McGuinness, Sam Bowen, Perry NG. Those four aren't going to change the game. I mean, Ruben Colwell is probably the only game changer there, really, when you think about it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just looking around and seeing who's the most knackered, just going full yeah. Sunday league approach. Like, who's fucked at this point? Let's bring on some fresh legs. Who's like over? Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah. Um, Who needs a cigarette? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I do feel for Mick in that regard, because you don't know behind the scenes if he was asking for more players as well. Do you know what I mean? It's not all his fault. We haven't no, strengthened the squad. We haven't he's, brought players He's completely in. hamstrung by um, the finances and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's all on him, no, but it's just um, he's the figurehead, isn't he? Yeah, and I think the one thing that hasn't been mentioned so far as well is we've got a very kind of thin squad when you look at it now, and there's still rumours that Harris might go out on loan in January, which has come up on Twitter yeah. today. And if that, if that happens, that is absolute madness. You know, he's hit a bit of a purple patch. He's been called up for Wales. He was Wales' brightest spark against Estonia. If we are genuinely thinking of sending him out on loan again in January with a with a you know with the current squad we've got, that is absolute madness. It it really doesn't make sense, does it? But, He's a Welsh international who's playing well for Wales, and we're going to loan him out to somewhere like Fleetwood. Yeah, I, I, let's let's see what happens. Perhaps it's bollocks, but it seemed a pretty strong rumor earlier on, and that would be it. Like I said, absolute madness if it does. Loads of shite. Uh, Bluebirds passed. We can't threaten the opposition from anything barring a set piece or a cross. It's just the lack of imagination that is boring me to tears. I can take long long football if there's a bit of oomph to it, but we're just so slow and dull. Common theme. Uh, Gonzo McKenzie, no question this week, but he said, too busy working on my Ben Price. Can I have your shirt sign? Um, So Ben Price... Uh, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's quite funny. We'll look out for you at the next game. And Josh Morrill, do you think five at the back is ruining football? Viva 4-4-2. I like a 4-4-2. The two questions I skipped over because they were existential crises. Uh, one was from James Davis. Our attempts of blunt force trauma will probably see us comfortably into mid-table mediocrity this season. But without pace and even just a bit of creativity, it'll never see us into the top six. And it surely can't be seen as a recipe for longevity in the EPL. Where is this club going? And Scott Salter, friend of the pod, former podcast host, simple question. What's the point? I.e., <laughs> where is this club heading? It's just an endless cycle of the same shit needs a reset. Um, if and when Mick goes, because he doesn't stick around for long at most clubs... Is that the time for the reset, or is it just going to be let's get Warnock back? <laughs> no, this is not going to be let's bring Warnock back. Why not? Because because soon he'd be like a head in a jar, like on Futurama. <laughs> like how long? <laughs> but still traveling up from Cornwall. Yeah, um, but I don't know. This endless cycle of where we go in. We you know we've had promotions to the Premier League twice. It's not like it's bad. Endless cycle of like it's not like a Rochdale where they've been in the same league for like was it twenty five no. years. You know, I think we've been spoilt, really. And at the moment, we're, you know, we're asking if this is a crisis when we're two points off the playoffs after eight games. It's not... You know, I, I think we've just been a little bit spoilt as a fan base. Yes, the football is boring. There's no escaping that at the moment. But I think, you know, I think we've all been cooped up a little bit too long over the last couple of years. And you know, I think it's getting to us slowly. You don't think that, you know when the next manager comes in, there doesn't need to be a conversation around where we're going as a, you know, because we've already oh, talked yeah. about it in this podcast. We've already talked about in this podcast, like how do you link up the youth team with the first team? Surely there's a, that's what an Harris ethos was. that runs through the club. But that's what Harris was, wasn't it? Like we, we looked at that when he came in. A lot of yeah, people but Harris wasn't effective. 
No, I know that, but that's what I'm saying. It's not like we haven't tried it. We tried to bring in continuity there. When we brought in Harris and Morrison came in as a youth team coach, they knew each other. We were doing parallel football between the both. It just didn't work out. It's not like we haven't tried it. We haven't gone dinosaur but Parallel dinosaur. football means football and doesn't meet up. No, working alongside each other, parallel, isn't it? Yeah, but they never meet. Parallels between the two shall never twain. You're just, yeah, we, well, we've been bringing in the youth team players through, so it's true. And at that point, but no, like, I think we have tried different things. And what happened was we tried with Harris, we panicked, so we brought in someone who we thought was similar to Warner. And we'll probably just do it again. I mean, if Mick McCarthy goes because of unsuccessful football, we might try a young manager again. But I don't think there's, I'm not sure if we need this master reset that, uh, you know, I think a lot of our fans are longing for. I, I could be completely wrong, but... I reckon I reset on the club completely, change the ground, change the name, um, change the <laughs> well, fans. We, we've, be, we've been there with all these changes before. Let's not go Oh, yeah, there. we have. But, yeah. Um, no, and what do you think then? Do you think it needs, an, like, from top to bottom, a completely new ethos? I, I don't know if it needs that. But I feel like we're getting into a position with the ownership, the CEO, the directors, the, you know, we even talk about the marketing and things like that. Everything just feels stale at the club. It's, it is flat. That, I think that it's, is it's it. flat. And it's I, flat. I, I, you know, I don't want to criticise because uh, there's so many good people at the club. You know, we, we interact with people from the club. I, I, I call people at the club my friends. Like, you know, I, I, I have these conversations with people, but it just feels like from the outside that everything's a little bit flat and stagnant. And I don't know where that comes from. Because obviously, you know, we, we don't hear from people like Mehmet Dalman half the time. When we do hear from them, it seems to be that, oh, there's a crisis or, oh, something bad's happened. We have all this kind of looming pressure around the club at the moment from things that have been going on, historical things. Um, you know, there's 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 debt still there. There's obviously the things like the Salah case, which still hasn't been resolved, which is regrettable in my opinion. And it's something that we should have resolved a long time ago because you know it's it's just doing the right thing by a person really at the end of it all but like it just feels like everything's stagnant and and there's that disconnect between the fans and the the, the fans and the 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 team there's a disconnect between the fans and the club you know we, we 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 see constant issues on twitter around ticketing around kits being sold out around marketing materials around us not doing enough in the community about us doing the wrong thing when it comes to communications and things like that and it's like if it's not a master reset, then something needs to change. And I don't know if that's the football. I don't know if that's the staffing. I don't know if that's the board. I don't know if it's the ownership as a whole. Do they need to sell the club? I don't I don't want to call for any of that, really, because I don't really know what the answer is. But it feels like we're getting to it almost we're going to reach ahead with all this stuff where the fans are so fed up with everything that's going on at the club that people start turning away again. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I, I agree that... Maybe I'm being dramatic. No, no, I'm glad I asked you now. I wasn't going to bother, but I'm glad I did. No, I think, I, yeah, I, that's why I don't think we need a master reset in terms of the team or the or no. the management style, the people we're bringing in. I think you're right. I think it's a lot further up in the club. And I think it's bang on. Like, I think you'd see a lot more kind of fans going there with a, a little bit more pressure off the players and stuff right. from them. If I if think they'd ha- go there with more they, pride. Yeah, if they were, you know happier with other aspects of their football yeah. and life from the club. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I just feel like, I feel like there's an extent of over the last, you know, from the red kit, this goes, probably even goes back further than that, but from the red kit to now, there's an element of the club taking the fans for granted. Like we've always been, you know, even actually you go back to Ridsdale and the Ridsdale where he, he said all buy your season tickets in fucking 
August of two seasons before and we'll buy you a nice shiny new player in January and it all went on a tax bill. And that was because like, that was like taking advantage of the fans commitment to Cardiff City. And I feel like that's continued on through there. And, you know, like we give a lot to the club and they don't necessarily give a lot back to us. Yeah, I think you look at Wrexham and stuff at the moment. I think that's what makes it. That's what makes it look worse then, doesn't I it? I want to like go if, support them. Yeah, like if you have, you know, if you have your Ryan Reynolds and a Rob McElhenney coming into a club yeah. like Cardiff, it could transform it. Obviously, that that's an absolute... That's a extreme. one-off. It's not going to happen. But, but we're but... not looking for something like that, are we? We're just looking for a little bit of interactivity. You know, a little bit where we feel like we're associate. We've got a bit of association to the people who run the club. And, you know, it, they've it feels been like completely our voice is vacant. heard, right? Yeah, they've been completely vacant. Um, you know, they have, just haven't been there for a long time. Absolutely. No, they haven't. And I think, you know, I, I, you know, I think, I think Chu's a decent bloke. I think, I think Vincent Tan, you know, for all the mistakes he's made has, has turned into a decent owner down the line. But I think mm. there's a few, you know, one name there notable by his absence is, is someone like Dalman. I don't really know what the guy does day to day. I don't really know what the guy stands for. And like, you know, we have those, we, we, the only information we seem to get from the club it's from the supporters trust. I think the supporters trust are doing a good job to try and fight for us as a, as a fan base, but we hear a sort of quarterly meeting from them. And it's like, where's, where's, where's the more of this, you know, the, the press conference is now under Mick are even more, you know, he gives so little away. He doesn't even know where Lee Tomlin is. Where's yeah. Lee? Where's Lee Mick? Don't know. I haven't seen him. Brilliant. <laughs> Cheers. It's a fucking point. Anyway, you know, then we talk about that. We've got Blackburn on Saturday, haven't we? Uh, Blackburn away, Saturday the 25th of September, Ewood Park. Um, here's a fun fact about Blackburn, they're in sixth. Uh, <laughs> two points ahead of us. Uh, recent results include a oh, big nil-nil draw with Barnsley, beat Hull 2-0, big two-all draw with Luton, one-all draw with Middlesbrough, drew with Millwall, lost to West Brom, beat Forest. I mean, oh, they beat Swansea as well. Well done for that. It's hardly an inspiring season, yet they're up there in sixth. And look, look at the stats on their last game as well against Barnsley. They created even less than we did against Bournemouth yeah. by the looks of it. Um, and, you know, they, they're, they're a team that they're good on the break, a bit like us yeah. as well. You know, they're good in those transition plays. I think Marcus Schopp said that himself, the Barnsley manager. You know, both them, Barnsley and Blackburn are similar. They're both better in those transitions. So they kind of cancel each other out. And it could be that case again against us where, you know, we're not going to go and attack them. They're not going to come and attack us. So it screams nil-nil, doesn't it? It really, really does. I mean, they do have one player that we should be worried about, and that's Ben Brereton-Diaz. Uh, we've all seen his Pepsi Max advert. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't think he scored for a few games, actually. So um, he definitely didn't score on Saturday because it was nil-nil. Uh, did he score against Borough? He did not. Um, they look like they're in a similar situation to us. It looks like they're trying to bring the youth players through. I think last season they benefited from having Harvey Elliott there. If you look at their squad, there's a lot of names I don't recognise. People like Travis, Lenahan, Buckley. They signed this pervader on loan from Leeds. It also feels like another team in transition, but they're in sixth, so it's, it's a big six-pointer. Well, they lost Armstrong as well, you know. And yeah, they, Dax they, injured still. And a lot of people were touting them to be near the bottom you know, come the yeah. end of the season, because they let a lot of players go and didn't bring people in. And, you know, if you looked at this before the, the season started, you're targeting this as a, you know, a potential away three points. And to be honest, mm-hmm. I'm still looking at it as that. I think even though they're above us in the league, I think that's a little bit of a bit of a false one there. I think they're one of those clubs who probably will find themselves slowly trickling down the league as the season goes on. 
So there's not a lot that this has come back and bite me in the ass. But like, I don't think there's a lot there to scare us. I don't think they're going to absolutely like scythe through us. Not going to bombard like us, are they? No, I don't think so. And I think this is the ideal kind of game now because we're weirdly better away from home normally. Um, you know, to kind of get three points on the board and kind of get the momentum going again because there was momentum before. You know, that Bristol City game was the killer, wasn't it? We would have gone into the yeah. international break unbeaten and how things have changed since then. It's gone very doom and gloom since then because the international break came at that time where we kind of forgot about the good period beginning of the season. So a game like this would be the ideal kickstart to kind of get that good feeling back in the crowd. And will they? Yes, they will, Ben. So what What team are you putting out? What changes are you making? Are you starting Colwell again? Um, no. Um, I, I feel sorry for the lads still for the Coventry yeah. game. No. Um, no. I possibly would, actually. I, I think... It might be the Change game for Yeah, I was, enjoy- you know, I was trying to build a bit of suspense. Um, I, I, yeah, possibly it might be a game for him. I think he might have a little bit more freedom in this game. Um, yeah, why not? Let's try. Let's let's go a little bit more attacking. Let's try and get some creative players on the ball. Let's just not lump it straight over their heads. Let's try and, you know, let's try play a little bit of football. Not not loads. Let's not put. You know, let's not shock everyone too much. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. Just dialing up a little bit. A little bit more football, but yeah, I possibly would. Um, I think you, you've got to start more. I don't think our tactic, what we came up with earlier, of bringing him off the bench. <laughs> no, it's not good, is it? It's, no, yeah. but it'd be, uh, I, are you I, bringing I, NG back in? Yeah, I think I would. I think the energy that he brings, um, you know, we could really benefit from that. Let's, let's hope Giles is back, but we don't know because Mick speaks like just speaks in like just cryptic. <laughs> Clues. Mick doesn't know where he is. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's with Lee Tomlin somewhere. Yeah, he's with but, Lee, him and Lee Tomlin. I don't know where watch, they are. They went last Christmas week, not seen yeah. him. Watching Christmas yeah. films. But, Tagging each other in photos in Portugal. <laughs> but yeah, no, it'd be interesting. I would be tempted to maybe move away from that five at the back. But I don't know. Have we got the personnel for it? I think it depends if Rawls comes back in or not. I just thought I'd have a little look at Ryan Giles' Instagram to see if there's any hint, but um, he's got a private account, so I can't look at him. Oh, that's a pity. That is a pity. I'd like just to know what he's up to. Um, I had another question there, but I forgot what it is. Um, if we lose this game, is it Mick McCarthy out? I'll see for the pods podcasting then. Didn't know we were going to question. No, I, got, I was got distracted by looking at Ryan Charles' Instagram. <laughs> Don't we all? Well, not looking at it, actually. So, what was your question? Is it Mick out? Yeah. Uh, no. Ah, uh, uh, I didn't think so. Um, I just feel like, you know, I, I, we've already talked about, like, Bournemouth was one of those games. It's like, Coventry was one of those games. It's like, oh, we're laying down a marker because it's early in the season. But... I think if, if it, it, it all depends, you know, if we beat Blackburn, things do look rosy again. But then we got West Brom the following week, um, which obviously could be a tough game because they seem to play the kind of football we'd like to play, utterly relentless and utterly <laughs> yeah. direct. Um, and then we've got Reading, and who knows who turns up with Reading? Then it's the international break again, and we've got Swansea. So, like, it's, it, you know, this, we've got three games now between this and an international break. If we lose these three games, God, we're going to be depressed, aren't we? Going into Stop that saying that. That's like the fourth time you've mentioned if we lose all of these games. Listen, you're the optimistic one on this podcast. I've got, to, you know, I've got to fill in for Ben Price as well. That's true. I think we're doing all right without our third leg as well. Really, that's well, what I've I like got to call it. Leg, so. Yeah, but um... <laughs> <laughs> <It's free. laughs> 
But no, I think uh, I mean, we're not gonna we're gonna beat we're gonna beat Blackburn, and we probably won't get anything from West Brom to be fair. But no, all right, let's let's say it now these three top, games. Yeah, go on. Blackburn, West Brom, Reading. How many points are you getting from these three? Six. All right, I'm gonna go six as well. Where they're coming from in the, in the uh, we're gonna we're gonna beat Blackburn and West Brom and somehow lose to Reading. <laughs> yeah, fair to see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's it, really, from another optimistic view from the Ninian pod. It's almost 11 o'clock. Um, we're getting quite delirious. Uh, if you like what we do, you can give us some money on ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Helps us with the running cost of running the podcast and all that kind of stuff. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, it's about 11 o'clock. The Manic's probably finished within the last sort of 10 minutes or so. What song do you reckon they finished on for Ben Price? Um, I reckon they've gone for You Stole a Son from my heart. I was thinking that'll design for life. Uh, maybe that's, yeah. the, that's the double encore. They opened with a motorcycle emptiness, apparently. So that's a Ooh, pretty strong start. Lovely, lovely start. Uh, five to 11, what are you going to do for the rest of the night? I've <laughs> uh, got some leftover butter chicken that seems to be winking oh. at me. Um, and then sleep. Delicious, delicious. I know butter chicken, but I will be doing some sleep as well. Good stuff, Tom. Thanks for joining me. Did you miss Ben? Yes, very much so. Very, very much so. Um, love you, Ben Price. He'll be back next week. Bye. Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN. To get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five, that's www.beer52.com forward slash vftn. Sound pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>